friends, our second lesson this morning is from the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, verses 16 through 34. One day as we were approaching, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. <clears throat> but when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city they are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in, attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At that same hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we know that there is no such thing as preaching without your Holy Spirit here 
and in every word that is spoken. And so we pray, come, Lord Jesus. May any human words fall away, and may we each be left with your word speaking love and life into our very lives. Amen. In the fall of 2021, the New York Public Library saw this strange phenomenon. Suddenly, they started receiving books that hadn't been due, or I'm sorry, that had been checked out for decades. People started turning in books that they had had for decades. One woman wrote, I'm sorry that I've had this book for 40 years but you should have it back. They got so many VHS tapes that had been checked out. All total, between October and February of this year, they estimated that almost 100,000 books and pieces of media were suddenly returned after being gone for decades. So what was the change? The change was that in the fall of 2021, the New York Public Library said there would no longer be fines for overdue material. They would all be forgiven. That five cents a day that had been collecting for some people for decades, it was all washed away and there would be no new fines. You see, the public library had found itself in a place coming out of the pandemic where people weren't coming back to the libraries. And so they thought maybe this will be one way to get people back in the doors. And it worked. People started coming back to the library They were being used more than ever before, all because the penalty was washed away. What was surprising is that things were returned. You would think maybe that they would still hold on to the books, to the VHS tapes, to all of those things. But instead, what they found is that in forgiving this fine, they actually did the right thing and brought book after book back. They were given this freedom, a freedom of, from the fine, and in return, they did the right thing and brought things back and started using the library again. In this passage from the book of Acts, we have two different people who are set free. And the first is the slave girl. She has this spirit that is an evil spirit and it allows her to tell people's fortunes and her slave owners have been making a lot of money because of this evil spirit that inhabits her. But thank God Paul becomes annoyed. This is the right use of annoyance. When she has followed them for days on end and this spirit has caused her to shout out who they are, Paul turns and frees her. In the name of Jesus Christ, he removes the spirit from her. You would think there would be incredible rejoicing. Yes, for someone to have been overtaken by this evil spirit and then to suddenly be made whole and set free. But what we learn is that her owners liked her enslaved. They got something out of her being enslaved. Her enslavement to this evil spirit meant that they made money. And so they gather up these Paul and Paul's followers and Silas. They gather them up and they bring them before the magistrates. And they don't say 
that they have caused them to lose money, they bring about this political charge that these are rebels who are against the customs of Rome. And so these new believers are persecuted, they are beaten, and they are put in jail. In the face of the freedom of this girl, the people who owned her refuse to acknowledge this gift and they want her enslaved again. So Paul and Silas are in the jail singing hymns and praying together and this miracle occurs of the earthquake where they are set free. But there is another kind of freedom here and it involves the jailer. For the jailer to lose the people that he is entrusted to keep in the jail means that he would have to lose his life. And so when he discovers that the jail is open, he starts to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 we're all still here. They set him free from the penalty of them being set free in the jail. And his response is different. His response is, How can I become a follower in Jesus Christ? The jailer's been set free of his penalty, the penalty of death. And in his freedom, in his setting free, he says, how do I become a follower? Let me give my very life to Jesus Christ. And so to look at these passages, to take a moment and ask ourselves, What are we doing in our freedom? Are we a people who have accepted this gift of grace and salvation and we've just taken it and gone about business as usual? Are we a people who are so awed by the gift of salvation that we take our freedom and live our life in obedience to God? What have we done with our freedom? Today we are recognizing graduating high school seniors who are soon to be set free of the tyranny of high school. (laughs) They will be given new freedom. No longer will they be bound by living in their parents' home and having to be home at a certain time. They will be given a new freedom, yes? They will be given more choices, new choices, What should they do with their freedom? Should they commit themselves to things that will only enslave them? Or should they remember that long before they were born, the Lord God created them out of love and goodness? And when they have failed, they have been offered forgiveness and grace. And they are offered this freedom which they can in turn bring to the world and bring more goodness and love and grace and forgiveness. What will they do with their freedom? I have said this to you many times from this pulpit, but I think David Foster Wallace, the author, has said it best when he said that in the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there's really no such thing as atheism. We all worship The only true freedom we have is that we get to decide what we will worship, who we will worship. And he goes on to say, 
that finding a worship within a faith community is one of the only ways to bring more goodness and wholeness to our lives because all of those other things that we might worship, wealth or success, all of those things, they'll, it will eat you alive, he says. There will never be enough. It will only take from you without giving more back to the world. And so to our high school seniors, we ask, what will you do with your freedom? But really, it's the question for any Christian. You've been set free from the penalty of sin. And what will you do with that freedom? Will you commit yourself to Jesus Christ day after day? Commit yourself to a person who has taught us to love when it isn't deserved, to care when caring isn't deserved, to build up a world that looks more like the kingdom of God than what we are called to do on our own. We are set free. We are given freedom. Let us take our freedom and use it as the jailer did in obedience to God and in care of the world. Thanks be to God and amen.